Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Danny Mac show on a Tuesday and with BK Brandon Kylie I'm Dan McLaughlin hey we've got the text line wide open wide open if you want to jump in dangerous game to play dangerous game to play T-Bone, you'll be answering all the questions. So if you'd like oh, to get to wait, T-Bone. It's closed. Text six, line closed. Six, five, seven, eight, zero, six, five, seven, eight, zero. Okay, we start a uh, road trip. I was saying on the crossover, um, it was 17 games in 17 days, BK. Mixed in there with the one off day because of a rain out. We don't really call it an off day. They were there. We were at the ballpark, all that good stuff. And then we had the doubleheader the next day. So the Cardinals catch their breath a little bit. I don't really like it. They won 13 out of 17, and uh, I'm sure the players are like, whew, I need a break. As a fan or as a broadcaster, when they're playing like that, you want to see them keep going, man. So looking forward to tonight. I bet I'll, I, I'm getting the feeling, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but more and more people are getting back into not only sports, but the Cardinals because they're playing well. Nolan Arenado has been Nolan Arenado. And they're fun to watch. This is a fun team to watch. It's funny. I actually had a buddy that I haven't spoken to, not for any like ill will or anything. We just, you know, you lose touch with people. We haven't spoken with each other for years now. We worked together out in Columbia when I, whenever I was there. He texted me yesterday, Dan, and he was like, hey, great show today with Dan. Been listening to you guys more lately because I'm getting more into the Cardinals again yeah. for the first time in a few years. He's from here. He doesn't live in St. Louis anymore, but this is his connection to the Cardinals, right? And so I think there's definitely some truth to that and that there were some lean years there and Cardinals lean years, right? We're not talking about 70 Quote wins. Unquote, Cardinal exactly. lean years, yes. So there was less interest from a certain segment of the fan base. And now you've got Nolan Arenado, who is worth the price of admission every single night. You've got a team that really it's given you every reason to believe that they can be a real contender in the National League this year. And Dan, I think this is a really important six game road trip for them. Sure. Because this is your, I know it's kind of cliche, but it's true. This is a measuring stick um, trip. Milwaukee's one of the best teams in the National League. San Diego's going to be a contender this year. Let's see where the Cardinals stack up against these teams. I'm totally with you. And this is what makes it fun. Let's go head to head, see what you got. The Brewers, if you remember on opening day in St. Louis, uh, the Brewers had guys like Keston Hira at first base. He's in the minor leagues now. Uh, Colton Wong got hurt in that series. Colton Wong is basically been their most consistent offensive player. What they're having right now is great pitching. So you have a chance to maybe see great pitching these next three games. Um, And then the offense could be stagnant. That's kind of the way I'm going into this series as I look at it from the big picture of it, because they just haven't hit. Now you look at across the board, major league baseball teams aren't hitting. Um, Cardinals are improving in that area, by the way. So let's give Jeff Albert a little credit here and and others that are helping these guys out and getting them to uh, the position that they're at. So I I look at this series and saying, okay, runs could be at a premium. I think it's interesting how you manage early innings because, you know, if your runs are at a premium, you score first. Are you going to be sacrificing? Are you going to be trying to bring the infield in? Those kind of things. You may see that in this series, which makes it fun. It's just... 
It's an early May series, but one and two in the National League Central. I love it. Let's go. And you mentioned some of the changes for the Brewer side of things. The Cardinals are very different as a team than they were sure. in that series as well. You remember that opening day game, uh, the home opener for the Cardinals. You had no Paul Goldschmidt in the lineup. He was dealing with the back spasms at the time. So Matt Carpenter got the start. Justin Williams got a couple of starts. Austin Dean and Lane Thomas started games in that series. The Cardinals defense was not up to snuff in that series. They had three errors and no starter went more than five innings. By the way, Daniel Ponce de Leon was in the rotation. He went one and a third in that game three of the series. These are very different teams than the last time that we saw them. It sounds crazy. It was only a month ago, but they have changed a lot over the course of the last month. Katie Wu covers the Cardinals for the Athletic. What is she expecting? You know, the Brewers are a division rival. That's probably who they're going to be going head to head against throughout the season. So those games are really important and it brings a different element of of the game to it, even if it is in May. And for the Padres, you know, this is a team that had a lot of expectations. They've been scuffling a lot kind of from the start. They've had a lot of injuries. And I think both teams, both the Padres and the Cardinals, can make a major statement this weekend. Again, Saturday's games on Fox Sports 1, Sunday's Sunday Night Baseball. One team will have the opportunity to kind of push their narrative farther. So for me, it's about the level of competition the Cardinals will face, how they're going to stack up against it. And what they look like when, you know, I know that, again, it is May and these aren't the same as games in September necessarily, but they do have the same level of competition and maybe, you know, the right to prove, you know, that, hey, we can take 16, three at San Diego, 19 at 16. The Cardinals have played the fewest games, by the way, in the division against teams above 500, 10 and 10 in those games. However, I would say this, I'd counter that. And, and that's a fact. That's is what it is. Those are the numbers. Cardinals have played the National League East a ton. And I do think when it all shakes out, you're going to look at the Mets being a really good team. The Nationals, really good pitching. We'll see how they finish up the season. But when you're facing Scherzer and some of the others, not an easy series. I uh, have not seen the Braves, obviously, but you've seen Miami. You swept them. I just think the National League East is a really, really good division. And when you see them as much as the Cardinals have played them early on, uh, the record can be a little bit deceiving, and in a way, it's a good thing that they played so well here. So now you go in your division, then you go against one of the best teams in baseball, in my opinion. I think you agree with this in Absolutely. San Diego. Um, and as you said, it's kind of a see where you're at measuring stick. Yeah, it is going to be that, and I'm excited about the pitching matchups as well, specifically Thursday, Dan. I'm not going to be here for that day, but Flaherty going up against Burns potentially. And by the way, Flaherty. That's the place and the team that gets him. That's a good point. Milwaukee. They, you know, like last year, he gave up nine runs in that one start that cost his ERA to go above 500. Really hasn't been good there. I don't know if he's tipping. I don't know if they've got something on him there. I don't know what it is, but it does make you wonder when you see that guy dominate everybody else and then he goes into that ballpark and he gets lit up. It's a good place to hit. I've been told that oh, for years, yeah. Dan. Really good place really to good hit. Really good place to hit. <laughs> Amazing. They open up the paneling and just the ball flies. Hey, uh-huh. for what it's worth, Jim Edmonds also has said, favorite place to hit, Milwaukee, right? You it, know, it, It's so, a great place to hit. Whether it be for the hometown team, wink, wink, or mm-hmm. the road team, it seems like a lot of people like hitting up in Milwaukee. And they like it against him <laughs> for whatever reason. And then he comes home, BK, against the Brewers, and he pitches pretty well. Yeah. So, I don't know. Something may be, you know, maybe he's tipping. I don't know. But keep that in mind with that start on Thursday. That's something to think about. How about the Cardinals' offense right now? Cardinals are ninth in slugging percentage. They're tied for seventh in home runs. Fourth and what uh, they've got uh, better. It's about a home run and a half per game. Just about. That's not bad at all. That's fourth. 
and 13th in barrel percentage. So while we were wondering in spring training, you and I talked about it ad nauseum, will these guys hit? I'll tell you, the thing that really stands out to me, and I mentioned this over the weekend with Jimmy, and he agreed, Jimmy Edmonds, five through eight, and we talked about it yesterday. Those guys are starting to to add something to this offense that it's not a black hole. I mean, last year it was just, oh, God, can we get just get it back <laughs> to Goldschmidt, please? Get it back to the top of the lineup. And here's the other thing. Tommy Edmond, difference maker at the top of the lineup. Dylan Carlson batting second. He should never leave there as long as Goldie and Arnado are here. And then your fifth spot, you're getting unbelievable production at this point out of Yadier Molina. DeYoung, I think, is going to be fine. But he, when he does hit, he hits on the road, hits home runs. Um, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader looks good. So when you start having the length in the lineup that they have, that gives you a chance. Couple that with the really good pitching that is settled in. That's why this team is winning. But I really think from the offensive standpoint, look at five through eight. It's made a difference with this team. And Dan, we I don't know how many times, how many segments we spent on Jeff Albert over the course of the offseason. A lot would be the number that I would go with. Who were the guys this year that we should judge him off of? I put a list of five that would make some sense to me. Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung. Young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that are still impressionable in their careers that haven't truly identified what they're going to be over the course of their careers in the big leagues. Well, Tommy Edmonds been awesome so far this year, and somehow he's gotten even better than where he was previously. Dylan Carlson looks like a different guy than I saw a year ago. Some of that right, play, right? Some of it I do have to give a little bit of credit to the coaches, though. Harrison Bader looks much more comfortable. We'll see if it can sustain itself. We've seen this before, but he looks very comfortable at the plate right now. Tyler O'Neill has gone through stretches where he looks like the greatest power hitter on the planet. So full credit where it's due to Jeff Albert, to this hitting staff, to the coaching staff as a whole for getting those guys on track. The one guy that's lagging behind a little bit so far is Paul DeYoung, and we'll see if he can make the adjustments over the course of the next month or two. Don't you get the feeling that Tommy Edmond could play baseball in any era? Absolutely. And I, I was He's talk- my favorite player, Dan. He's, I love he's watching so him. much fun to watch. And we had, uh, before the game the other day, Benji Molina came in because he was doing the Spanish radio. So he hopped over into our booth and we're talking before the game. And I'm just kind of a fly on the wall. It's Benji, myself, and Jimmy Edmonds. And Jimmy and Benji were teammates in uh, Anaheim, now the LA Angels. And they were talking about Tommy Edmond. And I, I just made the point. I said, this guy could have played on your teams. I said, this guy could have played on the 80s Cardinals. This guy could have played on the 60s teams. He's just a baseball player. And I know that's a broad brush statement. But when you have a guy that you can put in the outfield that had never played a pro inning and he's making above average plays because we have metrics for that now, or he's at second base, and I don't think he's had a drop off from Colton Wong, and he's your leadoff hitter, and he's not striking out, and oh, by the way, he hits singles. Or the other day, I I asked Mike Schilt about this, um, and I know you don't miss a game. Base hit the other day, and he could have, Pop Warner thought about sending him all the way from first base. Because he hustles. He just does everything right. reads on the ball. Yes. Like, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's just instincts. Maybe it's just a great baseball sense. I don't know what it is. But the way that he is able to turn his body and see exactly where the ball is about to drop while not losing a step, that is a rare skill that very few. There's base running and there's base stealing, right? And Tommy Edmond is excellent at both of those things and that's really rare especially in today's game interesting too I, I said to Mike Schilt the other day I said what what is it about Tommy Edmond that he's 
now kind of taking this next step in his career. And uh, you remember when he first came up, he was really good. Last year was, I don't want to say a step back, but he wasn't the player that we're seeing now, at least at the plate. And he said he does something that a lot of guys do not do, which is pitch-to-pitch adjustment inside the at-bat, at-bat-to-at-bat adjustment. So what do we see what happens? And that's all he said. But here's now here's my take on what happens. What do we see a lot of times when a guy makes an out? What's the first thing that they go do? To the video? Yes. Is that what you're referencing? Yes. <laughs> and I'm not saying video is a great thing. Yep. I mean, video can help out a pitcher. It can help out a hitter. It, it, it's it's there. It's a, it's a really good resource. But I, I think, though, inside the actual at-bat, you can't step out 1-0 and go to your iPad. You got to think and watch. How are they getting these guys out? How are they approaching these types of situations in the moment, in the game? So all that video from the guy from five days ago is it's done. It's in your head. You know how he's doing it, and you've got the numbers and what he likes to do on two and one. What's what are his tendencies on three and one? Because no one throws fastballs and fastball counts now. So now you're seeing okay, he's he's using a slider today, or he's got a good feel for his breaking ball. How many times do you hear that after a game from a player saying, I noticed in the in the game, this is how he was approaching left-handed hitters, or this is what he was doing to me. I had to make that adjustment. You don't hear that very often. And again, I'm not the get-off-my-lawn guy and saying that don't have video, don't have sabermetrics. I'm not saying that. But there is something to be said about in-the-moment adjustments. He does it. Watch him. Yep. Watch him. That's why he has nine pitch at bats because he fouls off a pitch, fouls off a pitch. I thought the other day the most important at bat in the game was his nine pitch at bat to start what was now three base hits in a row, and the Cardinals never looked back. Wound up being a wild game, but they wound up winning that game. But look at his at bat. It was a nine pitch at bat. So the guy on deck is seeing that. The guy's in the dugout. You hope they're paying attention. That guy, which they didn't used to do, but this starter just flipped up his curveball. So you saw that. You're seeing his fastball. You saw his slider. He showed you a changeup. All in the first at bat. A lot of times, pitchers never even went through the first time in a lineup and showed secondary pitches. That's yeah. how it used to be played. The importance of that is is incredible. So it's the little things that I think that sometimes we overlook that make him a guy that would be able to compete in any generation of baseball he is just a baseball player man i love it he's on pace for 74 strikeouts this season it's awesome 74 as your leadoff guy there are guys that are going for 220 250 in today's game and he's at 16 so far through 35 games i mean that's insane you know i do the numbers too have you looked at the milwaukee brewers strikeouts it's high Oh, boy. Their offense as a whole has just not come together. By the way, Dan, to your point on the the taking so many pitches, seeing, really not taking, seeing so many pitches and plate appearances, Dylan Carlson right now is top five in the National League in pitches per plate appearance. It's about four and a half per at bat. It's amazing. So you've got Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. Imagine what that does. I know you guys mentioned this on the broadcast the other day. Imagine what that does for guys like Goldschmidt and Arenado who also are able to make those in-game adjustments. It's it's huge what they're doing right now at the top of the order. This and I should bring this up tonight. You just made me think of something. When the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler, the idea was is that you had in the top portion of your lineup Dexter Fowler, who sees a ton of pitches yep. coming off his time in Chicago and a high on base percentage. You had Aledmus Diaz, who at that time was seeing a ton of pitches and would work counts and get on base. Then you had Matt Carpenter. So you had those three, 
And you think about a pitcher in that first inning of what you have to go through just to get, I mean, you're talking at least 15 to 20 pitches, at least. Now, in this case, you you get through the first two and they're making you work. Now you've got Goldie and you've got Arenado, which is a great one-two punch. That is a gauntlet to get through. And I don't think we're paying enough attention to it. I think if you're in opposition and you see the Cardinals like the Rockies did this weekend, you know, one time for three games, right? If you're that opposition, think about that. You're not seeing them every every day. Like, we watch these guys every day. That is a hard thing to get through. And as a manager, you're thinking, okay, we got through those four. Now we got to get through the next guys. And that's what I mean. If you have the back end of that lineup producing like they are, this is a really good team. So right now, the Cardinals are number one in runs. The Cardinals are number one in run prevention. I'll take that all season long. You oh, do yeah. that, you're going to win. So... Anyway, looking forward to the series beginning tonight as Kim gets the start for St. Louis. Is there one guy you're looking forward to and watching tonight? When you go into a series, I always say, oh, I'm looking forward to this guy. Like, for me, I like Charlie Blackman, so I was looking forward to seeing him play. You mean on the Milwaukee side of things? Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, I would probably – I love watching Colton Wong play defense. I'm looking forward to that. Probably the one, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yelich, if he's healthy. Kane, if he's healthy. Kane was my favorite player back in the day. Hell of a player. He's awesome. Good player. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Hey, let's say good morning to Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac, and this is the Dan McLaughlin, Danny Mac Spectacular, whatever we call it. Danny Mac Show, right, BK? That's right. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Good morning to you. I'm doing well, fellas. How are we doing this morning? We're doing great. Uh, you've been down at Bush Stadium a bunch. What's it like being back at a ballpark actually covering the sport that you cover for 365 days a year? It, it's pretty incredible. You know, I mean, when, when I left, um, the game seven of the 2019 world series. I had no idea I wouldn't be back at a regular season game for a year and a half, but you know, with the pandemic last year, our company made the decision that we weren't covering anything, which I fully supported. There's no reason to take a chance. And in our case, um, yeah. So didn't go down to the ballpark forever. We actually moved back to St. Louis in uh, September of 2019 for the purposes of being at the ballpark every day in 2020 and beyond. So, yeah, when I went to the home opener on the eighth of April, it was a it was a pretty cool moment just to just to be back there. Well, you've seen some pretty good baseball out of Bush Stadium lately, and I know one guy that has really stood out to Cardinals fans is Adam Wainwright. And you've got a great piece up right now over on the Sporting News on Adam Wainwright, how he became Major League Baseball's complete game king. Ryan, in your research for this, in your reporting for this story, uh, what did you find most interesting about the way that a 39-year-old pitcher is able to go so deep into games when he's 39 years old throwing like 91 miles an hour? Uh, and the biggest thing is just that his approach right now, it's the same approach that Adam Wainwright's always had, but it's a lot different than everyone else is preaching and teaching these days. You know, everyone else is, you know, you're kind of looking at this, throw as hard as you can. If you're a starter, throw as hard as you can. Let's get you through five or six innings. Let's, let's miss as many bats as you can. You know, if that means you work deep into the count, that's okay. You know, we'll go into the bullpen. We'll do all these things. But, you know, and I get that on one hand. It's a, it's a short-term game. You want to maximize every single pitch. You don't want to give up a home run on a pitch that maybe is not – 
max effort because you're trying to go eight innings. The the longer term effects though is you're you're creating a lot more strain on the bullpen. You know, when starters used to go seven or eight innings regularly, the bullpen, you know, stayed pretty fresh and you could throw a lot more. Um, now it's not the case. So when you've got a guy like Wainwright, who is all about getting strike one, strike two, getting ahead in the count, you know, that's the thing that he talks about every time he's asked about these things is get ahead in the count, throw strike one, because it's a choice. It's a mentality. And, and he does that as well as he can. He gets out early in the count. You know, he still gets a lot of swing and misses with that, that curveball, which is as nasty as ever. And he uses it in so many different ways. So, you know, he really kind of takes a different approach than a lot of starting pitchers do. Then, you know, and that's not just the, on the pitchers. That's because that's how the managers and the, and the coaches and the front offices are preaching. But, you know, Wainwright is showing that, you know, even at his age, with his stuff, his mentality plays every bit as well as guys that are throwing 8, 9, 10 miles an hour harder than he is. Hey, Ryan, the Cardinals, as you well know, just finished up 17 games in 17 days. They went 13-4. and four. So is this the true representation of how good this team is? Maybe not to play that high of a percentage of winning, but uh, is this team maybe better than we all thought is, is my question. I think it's probably more indicative of what the team can be than maybe the first couple weeks of the season. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, is, the biggest difference is that starting pitching. I mean, I think over the past couple of years when the Cardinals have been good, it's when they've gotten reliable starting pitching. And that's, again, that's talking about innings. That's talking about, you know, starters not getting knocked out in the third and fourth inning, and then you have to kind of play catch-up. And that affects, you know, not just that day, but two or three days after that. So when you see Carlos Martinez throwing as well as he has in a long, long time, and he had a three- or four-start stretch that was, was, you know, made you think back to his prime. When he's doing that, you know, Jack Flaherty is throwing – more like he did in 2019 than he did in 2020. Adam Wainwright, you know, as we just talked about, is throwing as well as he has in several years. And all of a sudden, that makes a big difference. You know, Kim has been better in his last couple starts than he was in his first couple starts. And it's funny how everything else seems to fall in line. You know, when the pitching, the starting pitching is good, when you have a chance to win in the sixth inning, which is really what you want. You want to get into the sixth or seventh inning with a chance to win. And the Cardinals are doing that pretty much every night. Even the games they're not winning, they're still competitive into the seventh and eighth inning. And that's what you want. That's what, when you looked at the team this year in spring training, you said, okay, how are they going to be good? That's what needed to happen. And that didn't happen the first couple of weeks but it's happened a lot more regularity in these last 17 games or so. Ryan, I love the way you put that. And so I guess my follow-up question is what, what for you, I, maybe I'm going to ask you almost to play armchair psychologist here for fans. What do you, what do you think has been the biggest shift in perspective since the beginning of the season, the belief in the Cardinals or the belief in the rest of the national league? (laughs) That's a good question. I think that the shift has been in, in the belief in the Cardinals because I mean, we, we we knew going into the season, well, we thought we knew. We thought we knew that it was the Dodgers and then everyone else, right? That was the thought. And, you know, the idea that winning the NL Central, when you specifically look at that division, it wasn't going to take 100 wins. You know, it wasn't going to take 103 wins. You know, that division, you know, probably and probably still is going to be one with 95 at the most, you know, 92, 91. And that's a, a goal that the Cardinals – certainly could get to if, if they played to their ability, but it didn't look like in the first couple of weeks, they were going to do that. You know, it looked like the Brewers might run away with it with 91 wins, which is, you know, not a very good reflection on the division, but you know, the, the Cardinals have shown that 
you know, they can be the team that goes out there and takes a hold of the division, which is something, you know, we didn't, they didn't look very capable of doing that early in the season. Well, I thought the Dodgers were going to win 190 games. <laughs> uh, that's not going to be Dodgers. Well, you know, I mean, they've, they've had some issues, you know, losing Dustin May, it, you know, that, that hurts. Obviously he was, you know, their number five starter looking like a number one starter on most teams. And, you know, I mean, that, that doesn't just hurt the Dodgers. That hurts baseball. You know, I mean, the, as a fan of the sport, I'm sad to see him go down with Tommy John surgery because he's such a, an electric pitcher, a guy you like watching every time he goes out there. But, you know, they've had some issues, you know, you know, hasn't played much this year. When he did, he wasn't very good. You know, they just have guys that aren't quite living up to what uh, they can do. But I think with that Dodgers team, you know, it's it's hard to imagine the way that they've played the last two weeks continuing. It just really is. I mean, they're, they're so good. And if they can get into a position where they're in September and they're in a position to compete for a playoff berth and they get into October, and if that pitching is healthy with, you know, Walker Bueller and, you know, Clayton Kershaw and Trevor Bauer and, and Urias, you know, I mean, that's still a team that is going to be a lot of people's pick to to win the whole thing. They've also lost four extra innings games in the last 10, get, 10 days, and they have the best run differential in the National mm-hmm. League. So as much as it's been a weird year for the Dodgers, not like the, yeah. uh, at least in my opinion, the sky is falling for them. I did want to ask you about the team that has surprised, maybe even more so than the Cardinals so far this year. We're talking to Ryan Fagan, senior Major League Baseball writer for the Sporting News. What do you make of the San Francisco Giants? Is this team here to stay, or is this a mirage the way that the Royals were early in the season? I, you know, there have been lots of times when I've looked at the Giants' record this year, and then I checked the calendar to see if this was an even, even numbered year, <laughs> like when they won in 2010, 12, 14. You know, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a good story. You know, I think that so much of uh, what we've seen, the teams that have been successful in, in baseball the last couple of years has been driven by young superstars, you know, Juan Soto and the Nationals, Ronald Acuna Jr. and the Braves, you know, nearly making the World Series last year. But the Giants, it's been, it's been the old guys, you know, Buster Posey coming back after sitting out 2020. You know, Evan Longoria has been, I mean, as good this year as he's been since he was his peak years. Um, with with the Rays and and you know Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford have been hitting the ball well lately and if you look at all these guys and they're guys that were signed to long term contracts six or seven years ago who have been I mean not to disparage them but they've been mediocre at best over the last couple of years and it looked like they were just going to have to play off the string until those contracts uh, went away but you know those guys have been really good this year and you know I don't think that they're going to win that division. Um, that would be an amazing story if they did. But, you know, right now it's just kind of a fun story, and it's a reason for a fan base that hasn't had reasons to be excited the last couple of years. You know, I'm happy for Giants fans that they're going to watch this team play such good baseball right now. How about Nolan Arenado? Um, what is what has surprised you? I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you're getting a chance now to to watch him every day here in St. Louis. And I know you cover all of baseball. You just happen to be based here in St. Louis. But uh, what is surprised you is the the right word or taking you aback in watching him play every day well i I think it's it's good to see a guy like that get a bigger stage you know not that st louis is necessarily a bigger market than you know than than denver is but you know playing for the cardinals provides a spotlight 
that you don't necessarily get with the Rockies, you know, because the Cardinals are more consistently a team that are pushing for the playoffs. You know, obviously we all know about the, the struggles that the Rockies have had the last couple of years. And, you know, obviously those struggles and issues um, led to Arenado's exit from there and to see him kind of, you know, and, and again, I don't want to say that he's more appreciated in St. Louis so far, because I don't want to, um, to knock the Rockies fan base because they're good fans out there. And, you know, they've had a front office that doesn't, that hasn't made a lot of smart decisions over the last six or seven years. And that's led to the, the change in the front office there. But, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a delight to watch him do what he does and to be appreciated the way he's being appreciated. And, you know, he's had the, the knack for a couple of dramatic moments in a Cardinals uniform already. So, I mean, this is a guy that's a perennial MVP candidate. He's a, a perennial all-star. He has a chance if he can keep this up for another, you know, eight, 10 years to be in the hall of fame conversation. So it's, it's just good to see more of baseball kind of appreciate what he, he is and what he does on a daily basis. Ryan, final question that I have for you. I saw that you also wrote about the topic du jour here in St. Louis over the last week or so. Of course, I'm talking about Albert Pujols and whether or not he could be a fit with the Cardinals. Where do you come out on this? And do you think, especially if he was willing to take a reduced role, he would make sense for this version of the Cardinals in 2021? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've said this before. If, if this move happened in August or September, then yeah, absolutely. It's a no brainer. Bring him back, bring him back and let him, you know, he's whether he wants to accept a reduced role or not, he doesn't have a choice. You know, he's not going to get, you know, unless some contending team, has a first baseman or a DH go down and there's just no other option. He's not going to get every day at bats with anyone. Um, so if he was willing to accept that, and if he'd rather do that than retire, and it was a situation where this happened a couple months later, then yeah, I think the Cardinals would make a lot of sense. But it's, it's hard to give a valuable roster spot to a guy who is essentially a pinch hitter, you know, plays four, gets five at bats, at the most a week because I mean, Paul Goldsmith is not a first baseman who misses games. He plays as much as any first baseman in the sport and has for the last several years. So you're not going to rest him twice a week to give our pools the bats. You're going to put Paul Goldsmith in that lineup. So, you know, as much as I think it could be great. And I think the, you know, if, if anyone could come in to an at bat with the Cardinals and hit a storybook home run or a storybook RBI single, late in the year in an important game. It's absolutely Albert Pujols, but the timing, this happening in May, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and one of the things you got to consider, too, he's not running well, so if he puts the ball yeah. over the wall, that's great. You get you get a pinch hit home run. Not an easy right. thing to do. Probably the toughest thing to do in sports. Come off the bench and, and be productive. So if he gets you a base hit, then you've got to use another bench player to potentially run for him. I mean, it is... Yeah. You know, that's that's the one thing that's really tough, I think, when you look at it. And I sentimentality, obviously, here in St. Louis, it would be amazing to see him hop out of the dugout. Bush Stadium goes nuts. He's at the on-deck circle. He's rejuvenated, and he's hitting bombs. But to your point, I, I just don't know where he would play. That's the really yeah. the hard part about it. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt will play 160 games a year. He's had one time he sat this year. That's about it. I mean, he may not sit the rest of the season unless he's hurt. Yeah, and it, it, that's why, you know, it, as, as much as it would be great, and, you know, the Cardinals as a franchise have had lots of crazy moments, you know, storybook moments that 
that are written into the franchise's lore, and he feels like that could happen, but it just it's it's hard to see a fit over the next five months of this four and a half months of the season. I just I just don't really see that happening. Even though, you know, as a writer, we love great stories. We love to write about things like that. It's just it's hard to see the Cardinals giving him a roster spot for the rest of the season. We were talking, and I'll wrap it up with this. We were talking about Tommy Edmond uh, in our first segment, and just what a, this this guy's just a baseball player, man. He's he's having yeah. a great year. I could make the case, Ryan, that he could play in just about any generation of baseball, whether you're modern now, where it's the three outcomes, or it was like the 80s Cardinals. And I I also can make a case that he's been the team MVP for the St. Louis Cardinals because of his versatility defensively, what he's doing at the top. Um, when you watch this guy, what, what comes to mind when you think of Tommy Edmond? Well, he, he's a guy that, I mean, you're, you're right. He could play in any era. He's a contact guy. He hits line drives. You know, line drives play have played through the, out, the, the, the history of baseball, you know, and a guy that can go out there and play different positions. That certainly is healthy. Uh, that's, that, that is good to keep uh, your lineup healthy when you can give a guy a day off and he can go in there and slot in a couple of positions. He, he's the type of guy that, you know, you need, you know, he's a, um, if you're talking about a team that's going to stay healthy over the uh, course of 162 game season, you know, that's going to give guys days off. He can come in and do that. And he's playing every day. He's your leadoff hitter. I think that, you know, when you talk about, you know, he's not, if, if there was going to be a vote, a, a national MVP vote, he may not get as many votes as some of the other Cardinals players, but he has a chance of winning the Cardinals team MVP, if that makes sense, because I think yeah. the Cardinals the players and fans really understand the value that he does bring. Hey, Ryan, uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Your work is spectacular at the Sporting News. What are you working on? Because uh, you always have unique angles. So what are you working on right now? Well, we just um, just published the, the thing on Wainwright. That actually just went live a couple minutes before I started talking to you guys. But I have something else coming up this week that I'm kind of excited about. You know, Ryan Weathers, the young Padres pitcher, son of David Weathers, former MLB pitcher. I did a Zoom conversation with him in spring training where I showed him a bunch of his dad's baseball cards. <laughs> Some of the funny ones that his, his dad had. We did a Zoom thing. We put together a video for that. So that and the story that goes along with it is going to come out uh, later this week, and I think people are really going to like that. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Ryan. Always good to hear, hear your voice and catch up. Enjoy it. Thanks, guys. You got it. That's Ryan Fagan of The Sporting News. The 314 says, Albert can't reach 700 this year, I don't think. What is he, uh, 33 away? Yes. Won't happen like unless he's an everyday player. Yeah. So if he's a DH. And even then, it'll be tough. Absolutely. I mean, I think he had five and 82 at-bats this year. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It would be very tough to do. But if anybody could do it, I'm never going to say no against Albert. You know, he's the kind of guy that uh, he shocked me for 11 years here in St. Louis with some of those home runs coming off the aforementioned David Weathers. Yeah. We talked to Bob Nightingale yesterday on BK and Ferrario to pick his brain about this because he, he has a very good relationship with Albert and he was out in LA to report on this story and he said hey could it happen St. Louis could happen uh, he's not predicting it but it could happen but if it does it's probably more likely to happen in August or September than right now that would probably be a scenario where Albert's looking around waiting waiting seeing if there's an injury that pops up nothing does okay my best opportunity is going to be in St. Louis sure so that's that- that's kind of the way he viewed it Made sense. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. So a couple games left for the Blues tomorrow night. Pre-game at 7, Thursday pre-game at 6 right here on 101 ESPN. 
And then it's off to the playoffs, which BK said was definitely going to happen. Absolutely. I was all, all, all on board it. the entire time. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Uh, There's certainly no audio to disagree with what I just said. That's, yeah. Doesn't exist. On. <laughs> BK was here at 3 a.m. clearing out the folders of the computer <laughs> yeah. audio. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see how they play those final two. I guess you got to give Huso one start, Bennington the other, split it up. Sure. See what they do. Do we do we know the uh, playoff schedule yet? Do we have any idea? I have not seen it yet. Um, the Blues could still play either the Avalanche right. or the Vegas Golden Knights based on the fact that the Colorado Avalanche won last night. I'm rooting for the Avalanche personally. I was going to ask you, who do you want? I would rather see the Avs. I do not want to see the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs. I'm, I'm tending to lean that way. And the Blues played well against Colorado here down the stretch. Absolutely. So that's I'm going with recent uh, success or bias. I would. I, I'm, I think I'm with you. I don't want to see Petro either. Don't want to see Petro in the postseason. Don't want to see that goaltending in the postseason. Don't want to see that heavy style against this iteration of the Blues in the playoffs. Their penalty kill has been the best in the division and one of the best in the league so far this year. So I don't need that. BK just tweeted out National League war leaders. Uh, number one, Carson Kelly. How about that? Former Cardinals having a great year with Arizona. Number two, tied Tommy Edmond, Trent Grisham, Max Muncy. Then at uh, fifth would be Trey Turner, JT Romuto, Chris Bryant, who's back to being Chris Bryant, Ryan McMahon, Estrubal Cabrera. But how about good old Tommy Edmond? Uh, tied for 10th, Nolan Arnato, Buster Posey. That's amazing. Not too shabby. When you've wow. got two of the top 10 guys when it comes to wins above replacement, and that's just one metric, take it or leave it, that's totally fine. But I think when you watch the games, that that plays out. That makes sense that it would be Tommy Edmond and Nolan Arenado right at the top with a pretty clear gap between those two and the next guy who's Dylan Carlson right now for the Cardinals. Incredible. Uh, Dylan Carlson's my rookie of the year right now in the National League. Totally fair. It's either I mean, him, Rogers, or um, Chisholm for the for the Marlins. Jazz I think Chisholm. They, yeah. I, I think those are the two. Those are the three guys right now in contention. I think if you break down, and I've done this over the weekend, I actually looked at the top rookies. I don't know, man, his complete game of being able to play center field, a couple outfield assists from there, the fact that he can go to right, the fact that he's been in five different spots in your lineup. We talked about it earlier. If you start really getting into the numbers of the long at-bats, the fact that he's hitting the ball everywhere, he's a switch hitter. I don't know. I I think I got to go with uh, Dylan Carlson. It's a totally fair case, and yeah. I'd be right there with you. I have not watched the Marlins on a daily basis, so I, I, I can't speak to them as much. I watch them a lot, actually. They're a pretty fun team. Yes. They, they've got a lot of really young talent. They have a lot coming, too. They're going to be interesting leagues. as things move forward, but I would go Dylan Carlson. I'm a little partial, though. <laughs> I'm a little partial. <laughs> a little bit. Watching him play every day to see what he does. Okay, this is fun. We're going to do some of this um, tomorrow as well, but Tanner has come up with what's more surprising. And one of the things that he had here, uh, five home runs from pitchers or four no-hitters. You know I had to give my pitcher some love. Would you go with five no-hitters if you include Bumgarner? Because I, I, I'm going, hey, they gave me seven innings. Yeah. I threw seven hit, uh, seven innings of no-hit baseball. I'm throwing it in there. So I'll say five to make this even more, yeah. a little bit fun. So um, more surprising, five home runs out of pitchers so far this year, five no-hitters. Yeah. Yeah, it's the five no-hitters for me. I, I am, I'm with you, too. I didn't expect the... Uh, there's some interesting numbers here I, I was looking up today. I just didn't expect the hitters to hit at all. So the pitchers batting this season combined, take, uh, take a guess what the average is. 
I think I saw this earlier. It's like it's right around 100 on the season, right? 105. So it's the lowest batting average in history. Oh, that's good. <laughs> They've struck out 47% of their plate appearances. Fantastic. Um, so you got five home runs hit in 870 at bats this year. So it is surprising, I guess, to have the five home runs, but no hitters or no hitters. I don't know. Maybe we should say this is just the way the game is being played because there's so many strikeouts in the game. So many max effort guys. That's a good point. It maybe shouldn't be as surprising yeah. for me as it has been. I'm but still I going am, with the no hitters. I'm still like, it feels like every night, Tanner was talking about this the other day, you get an alert. Yes. Or Keith, my a daily future, no-no alert. Yeah, yes. My, my future father-in-law will come up because he's watching MLB Network downstairs and I've got my 600-pound life on for the 700,000th time. Um, he comes up. He's like, hey, there's a no-hitter going on. So I'll go downstairs and watch the rest of it. It'll be broken up and we'll go back up. Like, it's every night now. Every night. You've got one. Yeah. If some guy is out there dealing like a Dustin May, I mean, I've looked at him now. There's injuries that have prop- propped up with guys that I thought would get a no-hitter. But you watch it and you go, how are they going to hit this guy? I mean, Wayno had two hits allowed in, yeah. uh, going into the ninth the other day. It's just if it, the game, it, these guys are paid to hit home runs. That's where you're going to get paid. So you're going to get a lot of swings and misses. Guys have launch angle. You just if you're on that night with the velocity that the that they throw, and I also think here's the other thing we don't talk enough about. Joe Madden was saying this the other day, and I think he's 100 percent right. Is and I, I'll tell you what, Wayno, who's kind of the anti 2021 guy, but his his day was on the line the other day. He was going to come out three and zero, flips up a curveball. There are so many curveballs being thrown this year. I need to dive into some of these numbers. But what I'm watching is pitching backwards. You you don't know what guys are coming with. It's off speed, it's slider, and it's hard. And guys are throwing 88, 89 mile an hour sliders yeah. off the table. Changeups are coming in at like 87. Yes, and it's hard to hit, you know, and, and guys are throwing 96 to 98. And they're doing it in the seventh or eighth inning of a starter I'm talking about. So I can understand where some of these no-hitters are coming from. So that that is an interesting one. Uh, Yachty leading the Cardinals in OPS, or Tommy Edmond leading the National Ooh. League in hits with 41. This is a really good one. I'm surprised at both. I thought Tommy would have a good year, solid year. Would he be leading the National League in hits? Didn't anticipate that. And I certainly did not anticipate Yachty leading the Cardinals in OPS at 997. I'm not sure it's sustainable, but I'll take it. I'll certainly take it. Which one is more surprising to you? If you had to Yachty. go one or the other. Yachty. I think I'm there as well. He has an OPS of near 1,000. Like, this is ridiculous. He's right near the top of the leaderboard in all of baseball and certainly in the National League, much less just for the Cardinals. You see him at times pick his spots, though, when he's going to let it rip. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. I've noticed that more this year where it's 2-1, and 3-1, and one, or first pitch, and he may miss it by foot, but if he doesn't, it's going to get hit hard. He's he's a, you know he's smart he's guessing at times and when he does he's guessing right so it's been fun to watch I don't know if it's sustainable I think maybe the Cardinals could find ways to give Andrew Kisner some more time to keep Yachty fresh but he's been great he's been more surprising than Tommy Edmond I would like to see that actually and specifically I wouldn't mind the next Carlos. time Carlos starts yes. giving Andrew Kisner a start that day because for whatever reason and I don't know what it is maybe it's causation maybe it's correlation and I'm putting the two together but when Andrew Kisner was out there Carlos went deep. He looked good. He looked like his former self. 
So far, when Yachty's been out there, I think it's four starts. He's gotten roughed up quite a bit. So I I would like to see Kisner get a start the next time that Carlos Martinez is out there on the mound, personally. So he, he had a rough start, but then he later said that in the celebration, yeah. uh, twisted his ankle, wasn't able to push off in his last start, still got through uh, the five innings. But when he is caught by Kisner, three starts, 21 and a third, 11 hits, only three runs, 153, the batting average against he struck out 10.84 ERA. So if you're going to give him a day off, maybe that's the guy to do it yeah. with. Makes some sense. Meanwhile, with Yachty, it's 20 innings pitched and he's allowed 18 earned runs. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a clear differentiation between the two. What and that's not a shot against Yachty. No. What do you have coming up on your show? Looking forward to it today, Dan. We've got a good one coming up at 1230. We'll have our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, how about this one? George Terrace, who had a brief stint in 2014 yeah. with the Cardinals, also was a catcher for the Brewers for a few years. He was a part of that 2011 NLCS between the Cardinals and the Brewers. He's going to join us coming up at 1130 today. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.